it's a, it's a time in which the planet, I believe, has brought us, brought our attention to this whole idea of what does it mean to be me? What does it mean to be me? Am I this mind and body, or is there something in here that's running this mind and body? What, what is going on inside as we take a deeper look inside of ourselves? Who are we and what are we about? Change we know is inevitable. Well, all you have to do is look at the various stages of your life and you'll see what change is like. I don't look anything like I did when I was 10 years old. I don't look anything like I did when I was 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. In fact, I looked in the mirror this morning and I said, who is that? Shocking. And yet, there's something within that hasn't changed at all, ever. It's still the same as it was the moment I came in. So we have kind of had to reevaluate our lives and who are we and what are we doing and where are we going and why. And of course, that time of silence was also a time of the mind going crazy and going over and over and over and over things. Because you can only watch so much television and listen to so much news and read so much before you have to be with your mind. And in some cases, it's going all the time anyway. That committee upstairs is making that narrative of your life. It's almost like the committee is trying to make a movie and it doesn't know what to make. And it makes decisions on this and then it changes its mind. What, what's going on? The mind gets out of control when it doesn't know what to do with itself because all the subconscious stuff begins to boil up. So now's a good time to reevaluate and say, okay, what are my values? What do I really value in life? And what's the vision for my life? There's two paths I want to talk about. Uh, and of course, this comes from the famous Robert Frost poem. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So that poem is very powerful, the whole poem. I urge you to read it, it's, it's not very long at all. So there's two paths here that I want to talk about. The path of life vision, what's the vision for your life, and the path of letting go. And one is a path, and the second one is the other path, and I'm going to recommend the last path, but I want to take us through this life vision process a little bit, because we're all growing at different steps and in different phases, and having a vision for our life oftentimes will propel us. Most of the world is actually propelled into growth through suffering. Yes? Most of the people that come through the doors of churches have been suffering. And they come in to see if there's some relief. Oftentimes they get a temporary relief and then they're off and away again. And then the next suffering event or traumatic event, they're back again. Really, the suffering needs to propel us inside. That's what it's all about. The suffering is... Pain is the way the body knows that something is out of balance. 
And suffering is the way we know something in our mind and life is out of balance. So when we move to vision, this is a great quote, your vision will become clear only when you look into your heart. Who looks outside? Dreams. Who looks inside? Awakens. That's powerful to say because quite often we build our vision of our life from our head. And our head, meaning the mind is going to generate stuff from our subconscious that we may be trying to achieve in order to create, let's say, success. And why are we trying to create that success? Maybe it's because we want to show somebody else that we're okay. Maybe, maybe, so there's a lot of different reasons. Vision for your life needs to come from the passion of your life. Passion meaning that electrified energy within you that wants to create something and to create in the world. And so Thomas Chord, who was one of the people that uh, Ernest Holmes, who founded this movement, loved to read and really helped him understand more about metaphysics. And this is one of his great quotes. My mind is the center of divine operation. The divine operation is always for the expansion and fuller expression, as this means the production of something beyond what has gone before, something entirely new, not included in the past, though proceeding out of it by an orderly sequence of growth. So divine operation, when he talks about the divine operation, what he's talking about is what we clearly see in our mind's eye, what we clearly know for ourselves, what we absolutely believe is a creation manifestation formula. It says if you completely believe, for example, the vision for your life, and if you see in your mind's eye with that vision, then you will create that in your life. He goes on and he says, therefore, since the divine cannot change its inherent nature, it must operate in the same manner in me. In other words, the divine mind works the same in everyone. Consequently, in my own special world, of which I am the center, it will move forward to produce new conditions, always in advance of any that have gone before. That's really a powerful um, statement about how the mind works and how you can create new. And uh, oops, Ernest Holmes talks about vision, vision. What's your vision? Now when he says what's your vision, he's saying what do you see in your mind's eye? What do you see in that area that's going, you want to create? He says when you have a clear vision in your mind's eye, all the obstacles to it clear away. So, I'm flashing back to the 90s or the late 80s when everybody was doing vision boards. How many of you did vision boards? Yeah, almost everybody in here. So the vision board is really a powerful tool because you can take this board and you can put pictures, all kinds of things that you wanna create in your life and you put it in a place where you're going to see it over and over and over again. And it creates, right? Mary Jean and I did it for the first house we were in. And as we put pictures up all over, 
we got to the point where we're going, this is the same furniture that's in the pictures on our vision board because it embeds itself within the subconscious mind and then creates in the outer world. Everything comes from our inner world out. And we did vision boards for the next place that we were in. So we've done a number of them. And it's really powerful to know that there are tools to do that. But the issue I had at the time was that you put together a vision board and the vision board is about creating something that you want to see manifest in the world and the reason why you're doing that is obviously you want to experience happiness from whatever that situation and circumstance is. And yet, when we do that, we're investing ourselves in something that's by nature going to change and go away at some point. So yeah, we got the house, we're not in that house, we haven't been in the first house in 35 years or more. We weren't in the second house that long. And then we were in another house and another house. So that, that all changes. So did the happiness go away once you got in the house? Actually, everything else gets in the way of the happiness. You got that happiness for a few minutes or a few days or a few months or whatever, but it goes away. So that's not permanent happiness then. Therefore, what that vision board should see and be is a statement of qualities you want to experience in your life. What are the qualities that you want to experience? And put things that represent those qualities on that board. So then, happiness is something you're going to discover can only come from within. Harmony only comes from within. Peace only comes from within. And it will help in the generation of that within yourself. It opens the door for that inner experience. We have, I use an analogy about, we are limited because when we came into this world, we came into a world that we had to adjust to. There was languages and there was, you know, whatever. I think about somebody who comes, was born in an airplane and in the cockpit. And it's one that has no windows. And all that they can see are the dashboard dials. All that they know about the outside world is limited by what they can see on all these devices that measure what's going on in the outside world. But the outside world is really different. There are storms, there are lots of winds, all kinds of things out there. We came into this world and we don't know the vast infinity of things that go on in this universe. Just from my experience with quantum physics, it's mind-boggling what it's like. Hard to imagine, and yet we have, we have come into this world and we have adapted to the way the world is and we believe the world is finite. And we believe that we are finite and we have these limitations that are brought on. We need to recognize that within us, within us, we either have lots of limitations or we have the ability to believe that it's unlimited. Once we come to the realization it's unlimited, then the process begins within us of how we're going to come to touch that place of the infinite. So with the statement of the divine mind, we all have the divine mind. Everybody came in with this divine mind. Everybody came in as a part of this 
if we go back to quantum physics, the quantum field. The quantum field is everything. If the quantum field is everything, then we would call that in, in philosophy consciousness. And if everything is consciousness and our universe came out of this quantum field, then it's part of the quantum field. Therefore, it must be the same as the quantum field. Then this universe creates all of these planets and all these things in the universe. And by the way, there's multiple, multiple universes. We now have in our string theory, we've come to 12 different dimensions of which every single one has a variety of universes within it. Is that mind boggling? That's like, I didn't see that from inside the plane. How can I get there? But we have all of this experience to know that this is all there is, and yet we haven't had the experience of the quantum field. Because the quantum field for us is inside. Once you get to the higher level of consciousness, there's no mind thinking. There's no body that's asking questions of when we're going to eat, when we're going to drink. You go beyond all of that. And in that place, there's a silence that is absolutely astonishing, is the best way to say it. It's amazing. That peace, that joy, that happiness is all sitting right there. So the other path, the other path is called letting go. Deepak Chopra says, holding on to anything is like holding on to your breath. You'll suffocate. The only way to get anything in the physical universe is by letting go of it. Letting go of it, it will be yours forever. So the concept here is letting go. I want to take it a step further. So if there's a power in the universe which is consciousness, and consciousness is all there is, yes, as we have demonstrated over and over in quantum physics now, it's all there is. Then it created this finite experience that we're having. And if it created this finite experience that we're having, then it must also be creating the life we're experiencing, yes? So maybe if we're able to let go of trying to manipulate the universe into giving us what we want and stopping pulling the strings of everybody and everything around us to create something that we're gonna go, I didn't really want that, I wanted this. We're gonna find out that the universe knows a whole lot more than we do. And it knows more about our life than we do. As Amma said, Everything you needed to be, the measure was taken before you were born and you came in exactly the way you were supposed to be to live the life that you're going to live. And then we're talked out of it. And then we're told that's not true. We're going to give you the rules, the regulations, the laws, and so on and so forth of how you're going to create the life you're supposed to create according to the books that we have for you. You see, we are, we are trained out of understanding who we truly are. The power of who we are is infinite. It's within us. It's not within the mind. It's not that place within us. 
It's that place that when we go into the silence, that our awareness takes us. And awareness is the key. Awareness of the silence. When you're in deep sleep, you think that the whole world's gone, isn't it? No experience there, correct? Wrong. You're actually experiencing. You just don't know. Because you're not used to experiencing pure silence. But you're experiencing. You're also experiencing because you know when the alarm goes off, something knows the alarm's going off and you're coming out of that sleep. Something knows. What's the something that knows? Awareness is what knows. So letting go is about letting go of doing all the things that aren't working for you and trusting that something in the universe will guide you and lead you in the right direction to the right people in the right places if you trust and absolutely believe it. Those are keys because oftentimes we start off and the first thing we do doesn't really work because we didn't believe it was going to work. I, I need to try this first. What's that saying? I don't trust. I don't know that that's possible. Everything you need, you have within you. It's, I say this hundreds of times and thousands of times since I started talking. I think maybe when I was five years old I said it. You're unique. Once you figure out this universe is so amazing, it created almost 8 billion people on this planet, not one of which is the same exact person as another. It took the universe 14 billion years to create you so that it could experience this vast infinite beingness that is this universe. 14 billion years to create you, that's a long time to create you. Think about it. Can you think 14 billion years? I have trouble thinking five years. So, what's the bottom line? Well, you can, you can use some of the vision techniques. This is a little bit of what I called the observer, the Wayne Dyer quote. Becoming the observer, step back. You begin to live in the process, trusting where source, infinite intelligence, is taking you. You begin to detach from the outcome. That detachment allows things to just come to you. You no longer make things happen, but to allow them to show up, and the fight is over. Isn't that great? It's a perfect statement of letting go. We're so attached to things out here. You know, this next shiny object becomes the next thing that we adore and attach ourselves to and can't give up because if I gave it up, my whole life would be over. Wow. You're letting that control you? That's backwards, isn't it? So he's saying, let go. The observer is that part of you that's aware that your mind is talking. The observer is that part that knows there's a body and it knows the world out here. That, that, when you get to that place of the witness, that's the place within you where everything is coming from. 
That's source. So, oh, I like this uh, affirmation for the end. I dare to be me. Am I hot stuff? <laughs> Truth is, you really are hot stuff. You are the power and presence of the universe channeled through a finite body that wants to create the infinite for itself again. You have everything you need. There are thousands of personal growth, millions of personal growth tools out there that'll help you take control of your mind, which is really step one in this whole game, is you have to take control of your mind or your mind will take control of you. And when it takes control of you, we see what it looks like. It looks like this chaotic nonsense that goes on all the time in the world. And by the way, it's been going on for thousands of years. When you take control of your divine mind, you can create the life that you want. And you can let go and let the power within you flow through you and create your life. You can decide. Know the truth about yourself, though, that the moment that you start talking negatively about yourself, you're impressing that into the mind, and it begins to show up in your life. And you go, why is that happening? You can track that right back to the way you've been thinking. Change your thinking, change your life. Who said that? Who's that guy? Ernest Holmes, yeah. So I, I've been reading for the 20th time Ernest Holmes and uh, who he is and what he was about in his growth process, and it's quite amazing. I recommend you get the book about his life, written by his brother, um, and it, his brother was a, also a metaphysician. So they were great in what they put together in terms of this philosophy. So there you have it. Namaste. Thank you.